Good morning, everyone. This is uh, Troy Eckerd, Energy Talk with the Texan. I am with uh, Eckerd Enterprises out of Allen, Texas. Today is uh, Monday, April the 27th, 2020, and we are about to rock and roll. Uh, the fact of the matter is this is a very interesting time that we're in in the energy business. Uh, I would believe that there is going to be every possible first broken and new record set across the energy space. Uh, what I want to do is tell you exactly where I think we are at in the energy market based on my analysis. And again, my analysis is like everyone else's. It's based on data input and a lot of subjectiveness regarding the supply and demand across the globe. The fact is, is that it appears from all evidence and all data that I've been able to gather that we are sitting in a scenario that has never been encountered or even contemplated before. Uh, the fact of the matter is it looks like we are dealing with a supply chain that cannot be stopped. It's one thing when you have uh, maybe, let's say, an oversupply of grain or you have an oversupply of avocados or maybe you have an oversupply of widgets. You simply shut off the presses and you stop manufacturing long enough to uh, allow the market to catch up. Uh, it's much different in the energy space. Um, every one of these wells across the globe that have been drilled are incredibly sensitive. Uh, you're talking about creating kinetic energy in which the reservoir is trying to produce oil and gas molecules that have been discovered. And there's an entire mechanism behind that production that really can't quite be contemplated by the average consumer. So from an operational engineering and operational uh, production perspective, the fact is, is that many of these wells, if they are curtailed or even shut in, uh, will have some lasting damage. And so what has happened is that the demand, the actual end consumer that has been utilizing the petroleum product that has been produced has been sitting at home and has had minimal activity with regard to consumption of the refined product. So we've had less natural gas burned. We've had less propane burned. We've had less crude oil used. All the byproducts of crude oil. And so this log jam has been building for now almost 60 days. And the unfortunate thing is that the oil and gas industry is pretty much a point of sale. Uh, the United States and the other countries that consume uh, petroleum products makes about 100 million barrels a day as far as consumption. On the flip side, the producers are struggling and have been for decades to provide enough oil in the marketplace to satisfy that consumption. And that consumption moves almost weekly. It's based on weather, it's based on uh, the economy, it's based on deliverabilities, it's based on geopolitical. And so at the end of the day, what you have is a current supply chain that is trying to get crude oil in a raw mixed material and refined product and natural gas through its pipelines to an end consumer who has a very, very limited retention of supply before it's being consumed. In other words, there's a very short spread between somebody consuming it and the amount of oil coming out the wellhead. Well, when the demand was cut off due to this pandemic across the globe and the retraction in the demand, it has left an enormous amount of supply that has been continuing to be produced. These operators do not want to damage their wells. They do not want to shut wells in that may never come back. But more importantly is they don't want to lose production because it's substantial. I'm talking billions of dollars worth of reduction in their asset base. It reduces their reserve as far as a quantitative measure, and it definitely reduces their cash flow. So it's almost a double-edged sword. These oil companies are watching their stock prices fall. They're watching their revenue plummet based on the price of crude oil. 
and at the same time they're being asked to cut off their wells. Well, they would do it if there was a trade-off. In other words, if somebody said, yes, if you'll cut back your production 30%, we can almost assure you oil will move from $14 a barrel on West Texas intermediate pricing this morning. It'll move back up to $40 or $50 a barrel. Now, the accounting department or the CFOs of these companies could start measuring reduction in volume to free up the pipe space and the storage space, which is about to be full, in exchange for increased revenue as a result of increasing commodity prices. That's not the case. The case today is the most unusual case that I've seen in 35 years. The fact is that when they do cut back their production, it means that they have less barrels being sold, even at a substantially reduced price, and yet they're forced to reduce it because there's nowhere to go with that supply coming out of the wellhead. So these operators are, are really pinned in a position they've never been pinned in before. I can't even cut my wells back to try to prop up oil prices because there's nobody at the other end of the pipeline. There's nobody at the other end of the valve that's going to consume, even if I consume, even if I deliver much less production. So when I think about where we're at today, it's a very simple process. We're probably going to see sometime in the next 30 to 60 days where there is going to be not a mandatory, not a government regulated, not a political move to try to reduce production. You're going to see virtually every tanker on this planet full and sitting out in the ocean. You're going to see virtually every tank, swimming pool, aquarium, you name it, full of crude oil that has nowhere to go. And at that point in time, it's going to be a uh, force majeure, if you will, act of God. Uh, the pandemic is going to require there is an across-the-board substantial reduction in production because there is absolutely nowhere to go with it. It's a physical property. You can't just turn off the manufacturing process. It's a physical property. So I believe that we are, are facing a very, very tough predicament here in the next 30 days, which means there could be as much as 50% reduction across the globe in output because there's nowhere to go with it. And don't get me wrong. We're still consuming 65 to 70% of all the production per day, but that means we have to get down to about 65 million barrels a day in output. That's about 35 million barrels production that's gonna be cut off we're probably at about 14 or 15 million barrels that have been reduced or will be reduced in the next seven days. So uh, energy talk with the Texan is pretty simple today. We're opening up on a Monday, April the 27th, and we're looking at a market that's probably going to have suppressed prices through the month of May, uh, probably carry into June to the end of the quarter. <clears throat> All the traders are going to be trying to save their uh, positions based on short sellers and based on where they entered the market. It's going to be a very interesting next 60 days, but from that standpoint, for those of us, like our company and for many of you out there, we are equity players. We own the assets directly. We don't have any debt. We do not have any leverage. And so what we own is paid for free and clear. And from a mineral owner's perspective, I'm okay if they shut my wells in for the next 60 days because, quite frankly, I don't want them selling my oil at $14 a barrel. Now, I am more concerned about the financial well-being of these energy companies. Because when they have to balance what's prudent and they have to balance operationally what makes better sense with a borrowing base, a lender, a bank, a private equity group, or some type of a bond, and they are being looked at as being in default or failing to fall in the covenants of their loans, they are now faced with two things. Do I comply with the covenants of my loan to my own detriment? Or do I do what I think operationally is best and work with my lenders so that way they understand this is not a financial default. This is an operation, a physical 
product default, meaning I can't deliver the oil that I have. So I believe it's going to be interesting to see how the lenders, the banks, and the financial side deals with the operational and physical delivery side. But I can tell you on this Monday morning, this will be a very interesting week. It won't be near as radical as last week. I do think you'll see a softening in the price of oil based on everybody's expectation where we're headed in the next three weeks, the end of the cycle. And I think that at the end of the day, I think in many cases, we're probably at 90 to 95% of capacity, especially coming out of the Permian Basin. And don't get me wrong, by the way, I think that Saudi Arabia and Russia and all the other OPEC countries are dealing with the same problem. They all are about to reach their maximum capacity of storage, which means this will be an, a pandemic of sorts in that every single producer across the globe is going to be infected. It's Monday morning. This is Troy Eckert. Thanks for listening in to uh, Energy Talk with the Texan. I look forward to giving you an update sometime at the beginning of next week. Thank you so much.